Leadership is a matter of influence. And leadership is the idea that you're going to take somebody from A and you're going to move them through the many, many different facets to get them to B. And that's, that's what we do. And so this entire sermon series is going to be about leading spiritually. Leading spiritually. And so we're going to take time to build out a map. And the purpose of this map that we're going to build out is to be able to understand not just where you are theologically, where you are in your own Christian experience, but so that you can start to have cues to understand where somebody else's A is. Because, I don't know, I think I was about today years old when I figured out that not everybody is just like me. And so we're not. We're not all the exact same. And so what is your A? And, and the tools that we're going to create over the next few messages are, are the idea that it's like, I know where I am where my A is, and I now see where somebody else's A is, what do they need to come to the goal, that B place? We're going to be spiritual leaders. These tools will allow us to speak God's word with confidence and compassion and boldness. And, uh, and, and it also gives us a common language that we're able to talk together about what's going on and how we can understand, how we can, how we can spur one another in love and good works. See what I mean? It's not built on a scripture, but it has scriptures in it. Um, and so this is, this is what we do. So we need to take our, our retreat. We're going to take our retreat then, and we're going to discover how God is speaking to me and how I can represent him in my settings, in my world. And as we progress through the series, you're going to start to understand, or you're going to see afresh, some of how God has worked in you and what he's doing in you. So there's a lot to cover. And for Promise Church to become the church that we're called to be, then we need to be able to, to have this language so that we can walk forward. Um, so I'm going to start off with a story here of two different styles of farming. And um, I don't know much about farming, but I heard this once. And I've observed it since then. So when you are a cattle farmer, North American strategy of cattle farming says that you put a whole bunch of cattle into a field so that they could graze and they could be naturally fed and off they go and they're, they're in the field. Well, the question is, how do you keep them in the field? How do you keep them where they're supposed to be so they don't wander off, get lost, and you lose all your cattle? What do you do? Well, the North American way of doing it is we put up fences. And the fences hold the cattle in. This is how far that, that cow can go and no further. There's a fence there blocking it. I mean, if it were to stampede, it could probably blow through the fence or whatever, but it, it doesn't. It's, it is restricted by these fences. But it's not the only option. Apparently, there are places in the world that farm with no fences. How do you have a whole herd of cattle and they farm with no fences? 
How do you, how do you not lose your cattle? Well, the idea is that at the center of the property, they build a huge well, a water source. And what happens is the cattle will wander, but they get thirsty, and they come back to the only water source. And then they wander, and then they come back to the water source. It means that they restrain themselves based on what they need. North American church has operated the same way for a very long time. North American church has said, we are going to have fences, boundaries. These are the things that you have to hold on to. And they are, um, they are the things that, that you hold on to and that you say, this is what you must believe. I was having a discussion with somebody about Trinitarian theology. And they were telling me, well, if you don't believe in the Trinity, you absolutely cannot be a Christian. And I said, really? Really? So then our pathway to salvation is, dear Jesus, thank you so much for dying on a cross for my sins. I believe in you with all my heart. Oh, and I believe that you're part of the Trinity. And that's how you get saved, right? You have to believe this and this and this and this in order to get saved. Fences. But Jesus says, he says that I am, he calls himself the bread of life, that source that you come to. He calls himself the, the light of the world, that source that you come to. He says that who he is is so vital. And so today we start talking about Christianity, how we see ourselves in it, and how we're able to see other people on their journey from their starting point. So let's begin. We have to start with good news. Every single piece has to start on the good news. And if we are going to be Christian, the gospel needs to be good news. The Greek word is euangelion. Euangelion. It is good news or gospel. By definition, the gospel is good news. And every Christian gospel must center on the person of Jesus. It must center on the person of Jesus. I know this is a little bit small, so you can also go to promisechurch.community on today's message, and the graphic is right there for you. Centers on the person of Jesus. Without that foundation of Jesus being at the center, we're not talking about Christianity. We're not talking about Christianity. We could be talking about goodness, we could be talking about moralism, we could be talking about a ton of things, but we, to actually understand the gospel, it has to anchor on the person of Jesus. And so we've got to start off with that. So, in, in word and in deed, it has to communicate two significant truths. Now, before we get to that, what I want to do is I just want to highlight our church logo here for a moment. This is actually what God does with people all throughout the Bible. You look at, you could take any single individual in the Bible, track their story. If enough of their story is given, if their life story is given, you will see this happen, that God offers a promise that affects them and it 
calls them into trust and asks them to follow. They're going to make some life decisions that they're going to start to question and say, God, you gave me this promise, and these life decisions, is it going to work out? We can think of tons of biblical examples. If you read your Bible, you start to see that this is actually always happening. And then that questioning allows them to have a revelation of God that shows them what God is actually doing, and they participate in it in a new way because they've understood, oh, this is what God means, and it moves them to trust again and follow. And we go around this cycle every single time as God is shaping us into his image centered on the person of Jesus. We are being shaped into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And God, by his Holy Spirit, is doing this work in every single one of us who calls on the name of the Lord. Every single one of us is being changed. Every single person, the Holy Spirit is working in their hearts, whether they're Christian or not. There's some place along here that God is starting to call them out and starting to say, hey, You know, your life might be in a little bit of chaos right now. You need some direction. Let's go, let's go follow, change your habit, do this. Hey, you've, you've got, you you don't know what to do with the purpose in your life. And God says, great, I have a mission that I'm on. I'm inviting you to join me. You might not understand who you are, if you have any significance. And, And God says, I have a promise for you. I have a place for you. Come join and, and so we see these, these, no matter whether a person's a Christian or not yet, God is already at work in their heart. And we have to start to see, what is God doing in this person's life? Are they at a place where they need to learn to take a risk and, and trust? Is that what God's doing in their, in their life, asking them to trust him? Wow, that's different than a person that's looking for purpose. And God's saying, here's my mission, come join it. And so our approach, when we start to locate somebody's A on the cycle, we can start to say, this is what God would say to you. This is what God has said to people in Scripture, that we're going to move forward. Okay, so let's keep going. There are two truths that this access point works around, the the northern and the southern. So let's look at the northern one. The northern truth right here is that is that God is with us. Look at, look at, it's right there. So God is with us. This is the promise of the gospel, that Jesus is God with us. And so this is the idea that God has come from heaven to be known by people as a person and is recognized in the resurrection of the dead. That's where his final recognition is, Acts 2 36 gives us that. So, um, so what we have is, is God with us. The promise of God with us starts at the very beginning of the Bible. See, God is with Adam and Eve in the garden. God is with Noah in his boat. God is with Abraham on his journey as he leaves the land of his father and moves towards the promised land. God's with Moses on the mountain. He's with Israel in the tabernacle, and Israel as they settle in the temple under King Solomon. God is with the remnant of Israel through the exile. God is with humanity in the person of Jesus, and for those who believe Jesus, God is with them in the Holy Spirit, and he is returning permanently to be with us when Jesus returns. God is with us because he chooses to love us. God is with us. That is good news. God is with us. But the southern truth is this one here. 
God will make all things right. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that things aren't right in this world. Things are messed up in the world. Things are messed up in me. Things are probably messed up in you. I hope you didn't take offense to that, but it's just true. So God is going to make all things right. And, and the biblical promise of God making all things right is all throughout the Bible. God made everything and said, after every single thing, you read, you read Genesis 1, said it is good. The starting point's good. God's making all things right when he promises that the sun will crush the head of the serpent. God's making all things right when he wipes the world clear of the evil and malice by the flood. God's making all things right when he provides a substitute for the sacrifice of Isaac, showing that children's sacrifice is no longer okay. God is making all things right when he gives us the long commandments to Moses for a group of homeless nomads in the, in the desert. God is making all things right when he sends the prophets to tell the wayward people to return to serving to God. He's making all things right when he sends his people into exile to help them see him more clearly. God's making all things right when he comes to show humanity who he is and how we are to live in the person of Jesus. Right? God is actively making all things right. God's making things right when he rose Jesus from the dead, an innocent man killed, risen from the dead. Justice is served, defeating death in the grave. God's making all things right through his church that points people towards the action of God. And he's making all things right in individuals whose hearts are turned to him. God's making all things right. So every gospel presentation must deal with the fact that God has not abandoned us, and every gospel presentation must deal with the reality of evil in the world. If your gospel can't deal with evil, it's just a hopeful fairy tale. If your gospel can't deal with God's gracious presence, you're looking at a tyrannical God. So every gospel must focus on these things. In essence, the good news is the summary of God's promises. Jesus is God with us to make all things right. But that's not it. See, every, every map where you need to find yourself in these points of tension and understanding has a north and a south point, but it also has an east and a west. So let's go on. The eastern truth, the eastern truth is, the develop, is, um, is God's message. The gospel message is personal. The gospel message is personal personal. If you didn't know that today, then you know it. Now, this is for you personally, as an individual. God wants to be with you through the person of Jesus and make everything right in you because that's what he's doing. That's good news. Guys, I could use with some help. There are places in my life where I know that I could use help. Anybody else in the room? Anybody else in the room? Anybody else on Slack? There are places in your life that you could use help. Let me be more honest. There are places in my life where I could use correction. Not just help. Correction. God, come make all things right in me personally. There are places where I know I need to know that I have struggled so much that God is with me. 
Even though I recognize I need correction, I don't need God to be far away from me, pushing me away because I'm not good enough. No, the gospel is personal. Jesus is God with you, making you right. It's going to take some work, right? But just we have to finish it off because we also have to recognize that Jesus is God with us, making all things right cosmically as well. So there's a great element here to this good news. It's not just about me. It's about God is cosmically making all things right. And so, so yes, there are sections of this world, there are elements of this world that are wrong. We, we experience hunger and natural disaster. We experience war and political unrest. We experience these huge things that seem to be beyond our control that are just wrong. And so God is making all things right cosmically. He is working in the whole world. Look, look, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. The whole world. God will make everything right in the whole world and there will be no more war, hunger, and injustice. The mission of God has always been cosmic. It's always been cosmic. It's always been this piece where his creation will be made right and there's no realm which the kingdom of God will miss. Nothing whatsoever. So, these are access points. All of these are different access points. See, I can't, at one point in my life, have a sense where I fully understand and grasp and grapple with all of these truths all at once. That blows my mind. The scope of God's work, both, both in, the, in the cosmos and also the scope of God's work internally, is like studying uh, cosmology and physics at the exact same time. It's like, it's like God is so huge and so interested in me. And I can't fit all those at, at the same time. So as I go through this cycle, I start to see that God is working in me personally. And I might forget at a time that God is working cosmically. And so here's my A point. I'm following through, changing the habits in me, where God is working in me to make me right. I'm doing those things, and that's where I am, and that's what I remember. Sometimes, that isn't where I'm at. Sometimes I'm so caught up in this awesome promise of God that he's going to make all things right in a whole world, and I'm just invited to be a part of it, and, and it's so cool that I get caught up here, and my A is here. And I'm like, all right. This is so exciting. Well, what is the center point that we constantly are drawing people back towards? As we live, we never live in static mode. We're never static. We're always moving like those cows in the field. We're just walking around grazing in life and discovering, I need to get back to the anchor point. I got to get back to Jesus again. I got to find myself here. So find yourself on the map. Where, the, 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 where are you? The proclamation through word and deed. Oh, 
Cool, find yourself on the map. The proclamation through word and deed that Jesus is the center. He's Lord. He's our hope. And it is Jesus is God with us, making all things right in me personally and in the whole world. There's the hope that we have. All of this is found in who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Where do you find yourself on the map? What do you believe about Jesus? Where does your theology sit right now? Use the map to determine where you are. See, do you focus on God's love and his presence with us? You might sit right here. If, if this is what you're focusing on, God's love and presence with you personally, cool. That's a truth. That's part of Christianity. That's a beautiful truth. Do you focus on God working to make the people of the world right? Because the world is so messed up, it just needs to be made right. And so you focus on that? Do you focus on, on God's love for all people and say, hey, God just loves everybody. This is awesome. He's, he's just with everybody. And I focus on God's love for all people? Wow. Interesting. God, God does love the whole world. What does that mean? Challenging. Do you focus on how God is trying to fix you, make you better, because somehow you weren't good enough? And that's where you focus on? See, whatever your focus is, whatever your focus is, we could, we could picture this like this, where Jesus is the anchor, and we're tethered to him. And we, and we walk around, and we discover, this is what I understand about God. Now, what's interesting is so many of us, when we want to lead spiritually, we expect that everybody is just like us. And if they're not like us, something's wrong. Oh, well, you have to become just like me. And so we push and we fight everybody and try to make them just like me. Wherever you are, we, we try to lead people to be more like me instead of to the center point, the ultimate B, which is to be like Christ. To be like Christ. And so in spiritual leadership, we are able to be allowing people to become more like Christ. So, there, there's a, there's, somebody asked a really good question here. Is there ever a time when being in one stage for a long period of time can be negative? Like, if what you're questioning for too long, is that wrong? Or is, con, or is consistently being on mission without going through the others? Here's the cool thing. My observation is God is taking us through this in God's pace. God is working through us in this. I remember there was a good, like, 10 years of my life that I was working out all the things that I need to follow. 10 years. Seems like a long time. When I look at the main story, now, in the small, I was able to see, oh, I'm in all of these places, but in the main story, I was just learning to follow God. And then I had to start bringing questions to God. I had to start going, okay, God, how are you going to make everything right in this situation? So this is where we are in our life. This is what's happening. Now, I've spent a lot of time with uh, Josh, who is on Slack right now, um, talking about this exact stuff on our online Reshaping Discipleship podcast. So we have five videos up right now. Uh, we start with promise, trust, question, 
Promise, Trust, Follow, Question, Mission. And there are five videos. They're all about 25 minutes long. Take your time, work through them, because this helps us understand what God is doing. So God does focus, someone just wrote on Slack, God does focus on different things at different times. And so as we start to engage with, what's my A? We can also start to listen for, what's somebody else's A? Where are they? And we start to see their focus. And so we're starting to be able to work with what it means to be a spiritual leader. Taking somebody from their point A and bringing them towards the ultimate anchor, Jesus Christ. That's what we do. So now, this is why I constantly say that your God is too small. Because sometimes we just think, wherever we are, this is all there is to Christianity. And God is always pushing and saying, no way, there's way more. Let me show you all of my plans, all of my work. And it's a great journey to be on. So next week, we're actually going to talk about out here where things could actually start to go wrong, <laughs> where we start to push it and become a little bit more, it's about me instead of it's about Jesus. And you start to see where, where we get into these like differences where it's like, oh, that's a little off now because we aren't centered on Jesus. We're centered on ourselves. And uh, we're going to get to explore that next week. So I really hope that you look, that you come into this. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close off with prayer, understanding this was an introduction to a really big idea. God, I thank you so much that you, oh, I can't overstate this, that you are in charge of shaping us into the image of Christ. I wouldn't trust anybody else with that. I would trust you, Holy Spirit. You, Holy Spirit, who, who works to glorify Jesus in absolutely everything you do. Jesus who glorifies God the Father in everything you do, in full obedience. God, I wouldn't have it any other way. You're the one who is shaping us as people as a people who is going to participate in your grand mission. Jesus, I pray that you would give us a grander vision, a great perspective. Help us understand where others are. Give us spiritual discernment. Have our eyes opened to say, hey, I've been there, and now I'm here, so that we can start to recognize where others are as well. We can start to see a larger field, not fenced in, but one that has you, the living water, the dead center. And so, Jesus, I pray that we would have wisdom, that we would have discernment, and that you, Holy Spirit, would open our eyes so that we can see where you are at work, leading people from A to B. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for journeying with us today on this, uh, on this service. And next week, we're going to keep on unpacking it. Um, and then we're going to go into our retreat. 11.59. Last I checked, there were 17 spots still open. I think there are some people that might be grabbing them even now. So let's, uh, let's get on that, promisechurch.community and what's happening. Thank you very much. Have a great week, everybody.